and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Kevin Folger, and this is Laborers in the Harvest podcast. We're grateful that you've joined us again today for another episode of our podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little different than what we've been doing here normally, where we're interviewing folks and just talking about the call that God has placed upon their life for ministry and kind of the journey they've taken. Today, I have with me a guest that I'm not at liberty to really give you his name, other than just the fact that uh, he has become a friend and an acquaintance and a colleague in the ministry uh, as I've been doing what God has called me to do. And the reason we're being a little vague is because of what God has called him to do in the sense that uh, he wants and has a burden with some others uh, to reach an area of our world that many of us would consider one of the darkest places on this planet, and it's the, the nation of North Korea. And so I'm going to welcome my guest today, and I'm just going to ask him to and greet you here today. Good evening, or hello, this is uh, John, and I just wanted to say hello to all of you out there listening, and uh, looking forward to being able to share a little bit about the country of North Korea, and to be able to uh, explain a little bit more about what's actually taking place there. So I wanted to say thank you also to Brother Folger for the time to be able to uh, uh, share a little bit, and, and Lord willing, the, uh, the effect that this will have on uh, missions as well as ministry there in North Korea would certainly uh, be my goal that the Lord would be exalted as well as that his word would go into North Korea further. So I want to say thank you to Brother Folger for this opportunity as well. All right. Well, just so our, our listeners know that this John is just a, a pseudonym that we're using here today for this broadcast. And so I uh, want you to be aware that, again, we're being very careful about identities and, and some of the things that we talk about are, are a little bit precarious here today. But we do, um, we do want to share a burden. We want people to understand what's going on and what God is doing and how God is stirring. So let's talk a little bit, John, let's talk a little bit about North Korea itself. Um, what was it about the nation of North Korea? How, how did God kind of work in your own heart about that particular nation? Sure. Uh, well, it started back in uh, late 2012 when uh, I had been asked by our preacher to be able to share a little bit with our church about different people groups around the world. And at the time, uh, I was researching various people groups, and I started doing some research on the North Korean people. And uh, really, the Lord began to work back then in my heart for these people. And uh, through the process of time, the Lord has really narrowed down um, the city that he's called us to there. And uh, for sake of Security. I can't go into all those details, but basically the Lord began working on my heart uh, almost eight years ago for this, and we've just been working now to get there. So the North Korean people face many challenges that maybe we're not accustomed to either here in the United States or uh, in other parts of the world that are certainly uh, persecuted. North Korea is the 
number one persecutor of Christians in the world today. So uh, the Lord began to work in our heart, or my heart rather, and my family's heart uh, back then, and we're very excited. It looks as though we'll be able to begin working here in the very near future, actually in country. So, Well, that's exciting, and we're certainly grateful for that, and we understand that God's timeline is in our timeline because we live in a microwave society. We start, we want things done immediately, but yet God has a plan and his plan is long-term. So when we think about North Korea, we think about um, you know what's going on there. And as stated, uh, it is the number one uh, persecutor of, of believers. Um, what is the mindset there? I mean, I, I believe the Kim family, or the, the ruling dynasty family that's there, That, um, but they're like gods. Is that correct? That is correct. The Kim family is is considered to be omniscient, uh, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Um, the, from birth, they're taught that uh, the Kim family is to be worshipped. They are treated as deity. Uh, there's a, a general idea that's being taught to them every day through various means, be it in school or propaganda, um, broadcasts or literature, that is deifying the Kim family on a consistent basis. So they uh, are very much involved in promoting themselves, obviously, yet at the same time, uh, the Korean people, the North Korean people, uh, actually do believe that Kim Kim Jong Un, the current uh, dictator there, uh, that Kim Jong Un can read their thoughts, uh, that uh, he can be in more than one place at one time, and that he is their provider. And in many ways he is because the government does provide many of the things that the people need on a daily basis, even though it's very sparse. So yes, the Kim family is, uh, is deified in many ways, uh, and they promote themselves to be that as well. Okay, so when we think about that, we think, okay, well, how could people believe that? But the problem is that North Korea is so shut off, is that right, from the rest of the world that these people really have no idea what the outside world is like or what it looks like or how people live. That's true to, in many respects. Uh, the good thing about technology today is that there are many ways that these people, the North Koreans, are uh, learning about the outside world. The younger generation especially, they're really starting to understand more about what's taking place externally outside the borders of North Korea, but within the borders, um, there's basically just an intranet, not an internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of the technology that is based there is is programming. Uh, uh, let me put it this way. It's it's all from within. So there's anything that's coming in from the outside is very filtered. filtered. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, okay. it's very filtered. And because of that, um, they don't have access to an internet unless you happen to be uh, of the elite. So North Korea has three castes, and the upper caste can have basically all access that they would desire. They have the best of what North Korea can offer, which is not great, but it's not necessarily awful either. Uh, Then the other two castes, which would be the middle and lower class, what we would think of as not necessarily economically, although that's certainly a problem for them, uh, it comes down to the privileges they have. So the middle class would not have access consistently to outside information, and the lower classes are either imprisoned or forced labor type situations. So the 
external information coming to them in many, in many cases will be uh, maybe from China or South Korea. Uh, a lot of times they very much enjoy to watch South Korean dramas, uh, TV dramas. Uh, but we also know that we have we have firsthand knowledge of that f various forms of media are going into North Korea spreading the gospel as well. Okay, so when we think of, uh, of that, so here's the people that are living in darkness. Um, uh, and again, when God said to his church, he said, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So that means that every creature, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it means that there's no nation on this earth that is is exempt from us taking the gospel, regardless of what the political ramifications may be. So how dangerous is North Korea for for someone who's trying to make a difference there or a believer that's there trying to make a difference? Sure. That's a that's a great question. And the reality is for missionaries working in in the Northeast Asia region and I say Northeast Asia because there's multiple countries. There's three countries that border North Korea. There's Russia, China, and South Korea. Uh, but the North Korean people are really scattered all over. They're in Mongolia. There's some down in South Asia, so Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, down in that area. Um, and they're sent there as workers. Well, for people to take the gospel into North Korea... Uh, today is nearly impossible. But to reach the people that are outside of North Korea, those people can be reached um, in these other countries. That's not as dangerous. Now, what we're looking at is to be able to send the gospel straight into North Korea and to work along the borders. Um, that being said, for those people, and this is just this is just reality for these people that are doing this. Um, they face either prison or execution. It wasn't too far back that um, a South Korean missionary there, in he was actually in China along the border there, um, the North Korean police came up into China and executed him. Mm -hmm. um, if a North Korean is caught um, in these other countries having spoken to a missionary, then in many cases when they go back to North Korea, they're either imprisoned or executed for that contact. So, uh, which is part of the reason we're having the security issues that we are looking at today, just even on this podcast, because of the the potential for the association. So it's very real that we talk about the, uh, the potential of someone in being imprisoned or their life being taken. Um, it reminds me of early Christianity, you know, yes. when we thought about uh, and. And so oftentimes we think about those things as being a detriment, which none of us would disagree that there's a detriment to it. But there's a, also a, an element, it seems like, when we face those kind of things, that God does something in spreading the gospel. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, we see persecution, which just spreads the gospel. It does not necessarily stop it, although it does have an impact on the, the spread of the gospel. If we look in in the Bible, we see where when when persecution comes to a church, it generally just drives it like uh, fire on a water. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have oil on top of a water and you add more force to it or water to it, it spreads it. It doesn't just contain right. it. Mm -hmm. So we see persecution that way. And, and persecution certainly is in North Korea. That's obvious. Uh, but it isn't, it isn't hindering or it isn't stopping 
the gospel from going through North Korea. There is good things uh, happening there. Well, that, there that is really exciting when we stop to think about, you know, a, a God in heaven who isn't limited by what man does. That's right. So the very fact that God has burdened people for a people <laughs> means yeah. that God's at work there. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we need to remember is that the, uh, the Lord cares for every single soul. The God in heaven, the one that created this universe and sustains this universe and, and created every single soul, uh, past, present, and the ones to be yet born, those souls are precious to the Lord. And I know for myself, I'm a, I believe 100% that as we see in Acts chapter 10, where Peter went to the centurion and gave the gospel to them, the centurion had already been praying and seeking the Lord. He did not know uh, who the Lord was until Peter came. I'm convinced today that there is the same exact situation all around the world, not just with North Korea, but it could be in any other country where there's someone there seeking the truth and wanting to know who God is, they just don't know. But God hears their prayers, and God understands that they are looking, and he sends someone to them. Well, it's exciting, again, when we think about that. I keep saying it's exciting to me. It's exciting when I think about the fact that there's a God in heaven who's working in even the most remote, difficult, hard places in this world. Uh, and, again, we mentioned if we have a burden, there's a bur reason there's a burden, because God's at work there. So... Uh, let's talk a little bit about the burden itself. Um, and uh, I know one of the things I've heard you say is that we're supposed to pr be praying for Kim Jong-un and for his salvation, right? That is true. Um, I'm convinced, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as long as there's breath in Kim Jong-un's life, uh, in his body, then I know that the Lord wills for him to be saved. Now, if he chooses that, that's up to him. Uh, but I know for a fact that the Lord desires him to be saved, as well as his family and the others associated with him. Well, it's not beyond God to do uh, something that's so amazing that the, we just stand back and say only God could do that. And that would be a certain situation in which uh, a man like Kim Jong-un would be saved. No question about that. Okay. So um, when, we, when we talk about... Um, the work that's going on. Uh, this is not just something that you're involved with. There, there are others. Of course, we're being very careful in what we talk about here. But there are other folks that also have a, an equal burden. Um, and, I, and I'm sure that even in uh, among um, evangelical Christianity, even beyond us as independent Baptists, or maybe others that are trying to do something. So in what ways can people, what, what ways can they pray? What can they do uh, as far as you know, trying to help in this endeavor of reaching the North Koreans? Sure. That's a great question. The, the best thing, and sometimes I think we minimize the effect of prayer, um, and we'll say things like, well, it's the least I can do. But I'm, I'm of the mind that prayer is the most we can do. Uh, there's some people that are going there. We know of several uh, individuals in, in the Northeast Asia area uh, that are reaching these people. But sometimes we, we think that they're the only ones that can do anything because they're there. The reality is, and I'm sure Brother Folger, you would agree, that, that prayer is what moves God. Mm -hmm. And because of that, uh, prayer is very important. And Well, we're going to kind of conclude our conversation with John today on that note. Uh, we're going to pick up the second part of our conversation next week with next week's uh, podcast, uh, Labors in the Harvest, the next episode. But why don't we just take a moment right now and... If you're listening, would you join me in praying as we pray for 
uh, the ministry in North Korea. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we've had to have a conversation with John and others who have such great burdens to reach uh, the unreachable, specifically those that are in darkness. We think of spiritual and physical darkness. Uh, Lord, the, the threat of violence, the, the uh, repercussions of persecution against Christianity in places like North Korea. Lord, there are hundreds and thousands and millions of people right now who are in need of Jesus. And we pray, Father, for the conversion of Kim Jong-un. We pray that you would bring that man to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, that you'd open up the doors so that people could minister and give us ways to be able to reach into North Korea to reach these people for Christ. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to uh, just pray together today and ask your blessings now on John and others who are trying to reach uh, these desperately needy people with the gospel. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this is Kevin Folger. This is Labors in the Harvest podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to get back with us next week when we pick up the second part of our conversation with John, who has a burden for North Korea. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.